It's time for Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Brought to you by Vernal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shops, The Power Lodge, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Now, here's your host for Brainerd Outdoors, Ryan Moon. And welcome into another jam-packed Brainerd Outdoors. Plenty to cover this week. Uh, Joe Henry with Lake of the Woods Tourism adds the latest from up there. We have to have, uh, for a good majority of the state, our uh, permanent houses off the lake this weekend. And with the lake conditions that we're dealing with, Matt Brewer is going to drop by. He's got some tips on how to handle the mess that we have out on our lakes and getting your houses off. Plus, Jason Freed is going to recap Eel Pout Festival from last weekend. And another great recipe from Chef Joel from Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. All that and more on this week's edition of Brainerd Outdoors. And before we get started, our Lake and Field segment brought to you by Oars and Mine and Crosby, your one-stop shop for ice fishing in the Cuyuna Lakes, lures, fresh bait, and your propane filling station for the Cuyuna Lakes, Oars and Mine, located on Highway 6 in Crosby. And we kick the show off with our local report. As always, Jason Freed with Leisure Outdoor Adventures joins us. And boy, talk about adventure. Uh, Jason was very heavily involved in the Ilpout Festival last weekend up on Leech Lake. And I can imagine the conditions up there, Jason, were not optimum. They were not. You know, we uh, I got up there on Friday morning and um, you know, early in the week they talked about the you know, kind of a large area out in front of the uh, chase on the lake, and that was going to be, you know, restricted to any vehicle traffic. And so, you know, people were able to get out. On Friday, there was a couple spots off the accesses that were, you know, pretty slushy and some water here and there, but nothing nothing too bad, you know. And uh, we got all set up, and Friday was, a, you know, a decent crowd as people were getting there. And and um, But as the uh, weekend went on, the conditions got worse. And, you know, people just have to be, you know, when you're at an event like that, you just got to use a lot of common sense. And, um, you know, when you have that many fish houses and vehicles and people on the ice, um, the last thing you want to do is be drilling holes, um, you know, in certain areas and through fish in fish houses and by roads. And, and ultimately, I don't know if, if, you know, some holes were drilled or if, you know, a crack, you know, got busted open somewhere or whatever. And uh, we were greeted on Saturday morning with uh, the road that got us to where our weigh-in stage uh, up to about two, a little over two feet of water. Um, to have to get to the weigh-in stage, which is, uh, I saw a lot of uh, interesting things happen <laughs> over the course of uh, four hours that morning, people stalling their four-wheelers and three-wheelers and snowmobiles, and and uh, it, it was kind of a, a colossal mess, and it really actually made it for really tough because um, we kind of were unable to um, move stuff on Sunday because we, you just couldn't safely get things, and the last thing you want to do is be pulling fish houses through two feet of water, and trucks go through two feet of water, and you know, and like we were talking about off air, you know, is you just, you know, you know, a lot of times we as humans think that we're sometimes uh, we're smarter or maybe um, more powerful than Mother Nature. But when when it comes down to it, uh, Mother Nature typically wins. And this last weekend was a great instance of, uh, you know, Mother Nature is going to control things. And, you know, she's given us a lot of snow and there's a lot of weight on the ice. And, and unfortunately, there are still people who are kind of trying to get themselves off of Leech Lake because they got vehicles stuck out there they've got ice castles stuck out there and uh so it made for an interesting weekend um but overall you know considering the lack of mobility um 
fishing was actually pretty good for eel pout on Leech Lake. And uh, we weighed about 240, 250 eel pout over the course of three days, and uh, which actually really surprised me because Friday was pretty slow, and I, I honestly didn't think we'd get to about 150. But um, Saturday afternoon and, and Sunday morning were really good. A lot of people brought in eel pout. And the, the, the really good news was uh, the way I kind of counted and everything, I, I figured we probably got about 85% of those eel pout released back into the lake, which is a, which is a great deal. We, every year we seem to be, be getting more and more. And so uh, that made a lot of people, especially the local anglers, very happy in Walker. I'd imagine so. Now, Sunday, you mentioned uh, you were out there. Were you guys pretty much had everything wrapped up before that wind picked up, or did that cause some problems too? No, we, uh, I went to bed after I watched the uh, Brainerd girls hockey game. Uh, which was super exciting, and I went to bed, looked at the phone, and was greeted with uh, uh, what looked to be 25 to 35 mile hour winds on Sunday morning. And we got there on Sunday morning, and it was like we walked out into Siberia. <laughs> and um, it made for a totally different uh, where our stage is. It faces the northwest, and uh, we were greeted with uh, strong winds blowing in our face and snow blowing in our faces, and uh, uh, eel pout that were still alive, and so our uh, our hands looked like they were. Uh, gigantic uh, ice cubes by the time we got done weighing fish and so it was uh it made for a pretty interesting experience but uh you know that we still had a good probably i don't know maybe 60 to 80 people show up for the prizes and uh and the awards and uh, everybody was troopers we kind of sped up the process and and uh we were able to get out of there by uh you know one o'clock or so on on sunday and uh and uh, i just kind of smiled and laughed about it and chalked it up it's just another just another eel pile festival. <laughs> yeah, it's like the extravaganza I've learned, too, uh, being part of that. Every year, that's something different, so uh, weather-wise. That, that's kind of the fun of it. Yeah, for sure. Now, we do have to have uh, here locally, uh, have to have the ice houses off by Monday, I believe Monday afternoon, the permanent houses, and that's going to be tricky, obviously, Jason, for people to do that because uh, you mentioned up on Leech Lake, with the water and the conditions and all that, it's really not just leech. Uh, it's pretty much all of our area lakes are a mess right now. Yeah, you know, I, I was re- hearing stories on you know social media and, and in the newspaper, and uh, you know about people getting their you know houses and getting stranded out on the lake, and and uh, you know it's uh, it's kind of a kind of a cruddy way to end the uh, the uh, ice house season. You know, I mean, with just having people having to do this, and what's hard about it is when it gets so cold like this and and your vehicles get stuck, and then the plow trucks and the ice houses and everything, and things just seem to break a lot easier. And I've heard a lot of stories about plow trucks getting broke. And, you know, that's that's one really good thing. I, I have friends who are plow guys and who do the ice house business, and I was actually talking to one of my good friends today who was a, does that up on Leech, and, you know, and he, he brought up a good point. He goes, you know, just if, if, if someone's got to come bail you out, make sure you take care of them, you know, and, and, and say thanks and, and, you know, give, give them a little bit of, of money for, you know, for helping out because, uh, you know, when you get in a situation like that, the last thing you want to do is get stranded on a lake and put yourself in a, uh, in a really, really dire situation. And so, it, uh, yeah, you know, ultimately I think it's going to be a, a situation here that happened this last weekend for a lot of people um, that I think a lot of lessons were learned. And, um, you know, if anything, you would chalk it up to experience and, and understand just to keep a, you know keep a keen eye on the weather and pay close attention to the resorts and, and what they what they're suggesting you do and um, you know and then just you know make smart decisions and, and, and at the same time make sure you always are prepared 
you know, I grew up with a dad, and, and the mom used to always make sure I had all the right stuff in my truck during uh, during the winter in the event I went into the ditch and, and couldn't get a, a tow and had to stay in my truck. And so, I mean, I think the same goes for, for ice fishing. You know, if you're going to go out on these lakes, you never know when a snowstorm or a windstorm or something like that's going to, you know, going to pop up. And, you know, the, you might just have to hunker down for an extra day, and I think that's just being smart and make sure you're fully prepared. Yeah, so it's tough. I mean, obviously we're not doing much for fishing reports this week because it's just next to impossible to get out there. What's the biggest obstacle right now before, Jason, we can get out there? And obviously we want to do some hole hopping and stuff like that once uh, the you know the crappies and the bluegills get going as well as the perch. But uh, is it the biggest thing? We just got to get rid of some snow. Is that the biggest thing right now? Yeah, we got to get rid of some snow here because with snow it's just got, it's created so much weight on the ice and then that creates water and slush underneath it and i mean there's guys who are taking snowmobiles out and just taking a snowmobile and, and getting their snowmobile stuck uh, i mean you right now you got to have really really good snowmobiles to to be going places and doing things and um you know what not every part of the lake is going to be full of slush right now but it's just being smart and you know hopefully we can get you know the next three weeks here we can we can get a little bit of warm weather and we can knock some of this snow down and and, if, and then hopefully some of this you know, you know, the one thing will help is not having people out drilling holes and putting fish houses down and everything. And, and hopefully we can get some of this water to work its way back down, uh, you know, down through the cracks and, and such and, and get some of the weight off the ice. And I think that's happens. We're going to set up. We're going to have a late ice bite again. And, and this is something we got to kind of be patient for. And, you know, the late ice bite may not happen until the end of March, you know, and, and you know, guys getting out and wanting to do the, you know, the crappies and the perch and the bluegills and that kind of stuff. And, you know, so if anything is there now, it's maybe just time to be patient and, um, you know, start thinking about uh, maybe, um, you know, planning your, your open water river trip, you know, whether it's down to the Mississippi or up to the Rainy or, you know, I know I've even thought about running out to the, the Missouri River this year and maybe in April and, you know, and, you know, kind of maybe doing some of those things and getting your fishing gear ready and, you know, you got the Northwest Sports Show coming up here and, and later here in March and, um, you know, it's going to be pretty soon. We're going to be knocking on the door. It's going to be, uh, uh, we're going to go from winter to summer probably like we did last year. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you got things to occupy your time, but just be patient, be smart. And, you know, you're still going to have your opportunity to get out and do your late ice fishing and, and enjoy that. And, uh, at the same time have the, uh, you know, the anxiousness of, of getting ready for, for walleye opener. There you go. Jason Freed, Leisure Outdoor Adventures. You can check him out at leisureoutdooradventures.com as well as all over social media. Jason, I appreciate it. Fingers crossed we'll be able to get back out there and talk some fishing here coming up. But I appreciate the information, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. Head out to Mille Lacs, get the report out there from Steve Saponiak with Predator Guide Service. And Steve Mille Lacs was kind of in the, in the news here this past week with this blizzard that we had over the weekend. Uh, things got a little tricky out there, I guess. Definitely, Brian. Things got tricky and scary out there. I tell you, you got to take your hat off to all these resort owners and, you know, everybody, the way they were taking care of all the people that have been stranded out there and stuck out there. It's been 24-7. These guys have been going for days. You talk about machinery and equipment and vehicles going down trying to rescue these people. Everybody's suffering with it. Yeah, it's been interesting, no doubt. Yeah, there was quite a few people that got stranded out there. And and I kind of, you know, I I hope they didn't heed what I said because I I basically last week on the show, Steve, I said, well, if you do want to get out on Malax, you know, go out to where the resorts have plowed roads and you should be fine. And I, I hope I didn't cause any problems there. No, Brian, you didn't. That's the safest place to be is the plowed roads, but no one anticipated it to be this bad. Yes, the, the uh, weather forecast and everything told us how bad it was going to be. 
you know, with the wind and everything and the snow coming. But, you know, like everybody figures, well, you know, is the weather forecast going to be right on again? Probably not. Well, it was right on. Everybody was warned ahead of time, you know, and, and when you see the bad stuff coming, it's not too hard to pack up and leave. But, no, you weren't the cause of it, my friend. For once, the weather stations were exactly right, and it was a matter of uh, a lot of people didn't move when they showed up. And some were actually stranded out there for quite a long time. Oh, definitely. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there's a few places where the people were stranded uh, for three, four days. In fact, I've been watching on uh, Facebook and everything, a bunch of the resorts and the people I know that own them, they're finally finishing up getting some houses out. That gives you an idea how bad and how uh, huge uh, impact it had to the weather with all the people and all the fish houses. And the slush, oh my God, the slush is terrible. you got anywhere up to 20 inches of slush in some spots out there. And that's going to make things tricky this weekend because obviously we have to have the ice houses, the permanents off by uh, Monday afternoon. So, you know, that's going to be tricky as well. I believe so. You know, and I think this is one time where the DNR can say, hey, everybody, we realize the impact of what happened. You know, we'll give you an extra two, three days. That's the least they could do considering, you know, hey, Mother Nature, he kicked everybody out of heck last weekend from the northern part of Minnesota all the way to the southern part. Everybody feels the impact. Yeah, that's for sure. So um, anything to report on the fishing front, Steve? Obviously, that that's kind of almost has taken a back seat. But, uh, you know, this last weekend and now we're going into perch, crappie, and uh, bluegill season now uh, for the rest of the hard water season. Anything to report there? Panfish were starting to go as well as the perch. You know, they were starting to go pretty darn good until all this happened. I think what we're going to be seeing right now until we get a good thaw is it's going to be really, really difficult to get out anywhere on the lakes Lake or the surrounding lakes. You know, when you've got anywhere from two feet of snow to four or five feet of snow because of all the drifting and you've got how many inches of water underneath it in the form of slush, it's going to be very difficult. Just when things were starting to go good and things were looking good with the panfish going, this happens to us. So I think it's going to be, uh, let's wait and see till we get a thaw. Yeah, so snowmobile around Mille Lacs right now, basically. That might be your most fun you can have out there. Pretty much so. Pretty much so. Stay on the trails, I would, because right now I know a lot of buddies that got stuck on Mille Lacs like they wanted to go out there and help their friends, so they brought their snowmobiles up there to help their buddies that were stuck, and they got stuck in the slush also. So definitely have fun with the snowmobiles and stay on the main trails. The scenery is awesome. The trails are well-groomed, and you're going to see a lot of wildlife on those trails. The deer love that groomed trail. So, yeah, stay on the trails and have fun. There you go. Steve Spaniak, Predator Guide Service. You can check him out at PredatorGuideService.com. I appreciate it, Steve. We'll talk to you soon, okay? My pleasure, Brian. Thank you. All right. When we come back, we'll head up to Lake of the Woods, talk to Joe Henry. He's the Director of Tourism for Lake of the Woods, and see what's the latest up there. When we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and lucky enough this time around to be joined by Joe Henry. Joe is the Director of Tourism with Lake of the Woods, a lot to talk about going on up there. Obviously, some regulations are changing as uh, we hear going forward, even in this weekend and in open water season. Joe, once again, welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Doing great. Um, I know anglers here. We've got you know the end of the walleye season and pike season uh, happened last weekend. But I, I tell you what, if people want to head north, Lake of the Woods is the destination. Yeah, I'll tell you, we're lucky. You know, uh, uh, Lake of the Woods being border water with Canada. We have extended, you know, regulations. So um, fish houses can remain out on the ice overnight through March 31st. And, you know, our, our, our walleye and sagra season goes through April 14th. 
and our pike season never closes. And I'll tell you something, you know, March for ice fishing on Lake of the Woods is, it can be one of the best ice fishing months there are. You know, uh, first off, you have extended daylight hours because uh, the days are getting longer. Secondly, those fish are starting to really put that feed bag on because they're getting ready for the upcoming spawn. And that can really lead to some good good fishing. You know, both from a walleye front, but man, you know, this is March is in, in early April, really, are uh, the time of the year that people really target those huge pike on Lake of the Woods. You know, let's start off, though, talking a little bit, Joe, about the conditions up there. Obviously, our lakes down here are kind of a mess. I mean, we've got having to deal with slush and water and heavy snow and all of that. Up by you, I I know those resorts, they do a great job of plowing roads out there, but what is your situation ice-wise up there? Well, I think you nailed it. That's the saving grace is our resorts. You know, uh, um, know, with with our big blizzard we had this last week and such, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of snow out on the ice, and there's a lot of blowing snow. The caveat is, is that if you're fishing through a resort, so if, if you happen to come up on your own and use an ice road, you know, if you stay in the ice roads that the resorts are plowing, you know, they're going to they're gonna take care of you, and, and uh, you're going to be just fine. Where people get in trouble, Brian, is when they you know, maybe go off on an ice road and uh, they decide to get away from uh, other fish houses and go off on their own, and that's when people get into the most you know, trouble. Um, but normally if you're staying on the ice roads, you're going to be in pretty darn good shape. You know, uh, the other thing is we, a lot of our resorts will take people out on their own recognizance, meaning they'll take them out in a, in a bombardier or in a track rig or, or some other forms of ice transportation. And, you know, when they're doing that, you have nothing to worry about. I mean, they have their, their trails that are groomed and beat down and they know where they're going. And, you know, they take you to the fish house, you enjoy fishing all day and they check on you a couple times, and they take you back in, and around five o'clock, just in time for happy hour, and they even clean your fish. And you know that sure takes a lot of a lot of worry out of it. But the big thing is just you know work through a resort and don't go Baja on your own because hey, there is a lot of snow out there, and on any lake, when you got that kind of weight on the ice, it's going to push that ice down, and any kind of cracks or when you punch a hole, it'll push that water up, and it sure is nice to be uh, on a big ice road when you're doing that. Absolutely. You know, one thing, and I think it's purely coincidental, Joe, because we've been worrying so much about our own situation down here. This year I is probably the least I've heard from Lake of the Woods. Uh, has the fishing been pretty good up there? Yes, fishing's been very good. We've had a really good winter. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, in, the, this time, in, in February, you know, on uh, that big basin called Big Traverse Bay, which is the main lake where uh, the resorts on the south end fish out of, you know, tor- normally it's uh, – you know, probably, uh, uh, oh, it's a lot of saugers, and it's a lot of walleyes, but, but saugers are a big part of the catch. And, boy, this year we've seen more and more nice walleyes coming through throughout the month of February. And, you know, wh- why is that? Only Mother Nature knows. I will say this. There's a lot of current in that rainy river. And with that current pushing through all winter, I don't know if that's kept some of those fish, you know, down in that south end a little more rather than kind of spreading out more. Uh, I don't know if there's a bait source doing it, but nonetheless, we've seen very, very good fishing, you know, throughout the entire winter season, which is incredible. And, of course, that sets up nice for a, a good March bite also. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that. Speaking of which, uh, as we head into the bunch of March month of March, uh, we end up with some regulation changes uh, and also going into the rainy river season as well. Joe, can you maybe expound on those a little bit? Yeah, so there's two changes um, that hit March 1st. And, you know, in addition, of course, to anybody fishing Minnesota needing a new Minnesota fishing license March 1st, don't forget um, we, we have a couple new regs on uh, Lake of the Woods, and they're good regs. The, the regulations uh, are about sustainability of the fishery, and, you know, when you hear them, you're going you're gonna to realize why. But the first one is, you know, in the winter, the, 
there was a combined limit of walleyes and saugers of eight fish in the winter season, with up to four of those being walleyes. And, of course, there's still a slot limit, 19 and a half to 28 inches. You put those back because those are the spawners, the mature spawners. And then you, uh, you can keep one over 28 if you want one for the wall. Well, it only makes sense because, you know, most people like eating the 14 to 17-inch fish anyway, and that sustains the population. Well, what, uh, what they're doing as of March 1st for the winter uh, limits is they're making it the same as the summer limit. So it's going to be the same limit year-round, Brian, and that's going to be a combined limit of six walleyes and saugers, up to four of those being walleyes. And, uh, you know, what, the reason they did that is because the last couple of years on Lake of the Woods, uh, much like other big lakes in Minnesota, um, including Mille Lacs, you know, we've had uh, uh, about 2 million angling hours on our ice alone the last two years. And, you know, our walleye, or sorry, our, our sauger population has done very, very well. But, you know, we don't want to push it too hard because we have a lot of anglers out there catching them. So they, uh, they dropped that, uh, you know, from 8 till 6, and that'll really take away two saugers. But you can still keep six fish per day, and uh, that's a pretty darn healthy limit. Um, so that's the first change, regulation change. The second one is, um, you know, we have our walleye season goes through April 14th. And come the end of March and into April, a lot of the anglers like dropping their boats into the rainy river that opens up. They have a chance to catch the biggest walleye of their lifetime, perhaps. And, you know, if you hit it right, you can have a 100-fish day. You know, they do electroshocking, Brian, up in the rapids. And uh, when they do the electroshocking, they're, of course, taking a lot of data from the walleyes to kind of keep track of what's happening. When they started doing that, they would get 50% mature male walleyes and 50% mature female walleyes. Well, as of recent, they've been getting about 20% mature male walleyes. And the DNR really thinks that's because of the, the previous limit on walleyes for the spring season up on the river, which was you could keep two fish under 19 and a half inches. Well, naturally, that's going to be a, a mature male walleye. So for the Rainy River stretch uh, from in the four-mile bay stretch from March 1st to April 14th, the new limit is now catch and release only. And uh, what that'll do, you know, we know that most people come to the Rainy River to catch a 12-pounder. A lot of people come up trying to catch 100 fish a day or just really have some good fishing. And you know what? It's the first time you can really fish walleyes in the open water in the North Country because the rest of the state's closed up. So uh, for those reasons, we just said, hey, catch and release only, and that's going to take the pressure off those male walleyes so they can do their thing in the spring. And, again, it's all about sustainability. Two last things, Joe, I wanted to talk to you about that sometimes people forget up there. Number one, you can really catch a trophy northern pike up on Lake of the Woods this time of year. I think think sometimes people forget about that. Yeah, you know, and I I don't know how many people even really target pike, you know, but I'll tell you something. Um, You know, Lake of the Woods, especially being in Minnesota, I mean, where else can you go in the United States this far south where you have a true trophy pike fishery? When I say trophy pike, what I'm talking about is, you know, a lot of pike. Uh, that are 40-plus inches. You know, a 40-inch pike is going to be around that 20-pound mark, depending upon how big that gut is. And, of course, we get them up to, you know, over 25 pounds, too, when they're that 45-inch variety. But we have a lot of pike in our lake, a lot of trophies. And, you know, really, uh, you know, pike aren't the kind of fish that school, so they can be a little bit hard to target. They're kind of spread out. But, you know, what happens is um, in March and, and, of course, early April, those fish are starting to congregate near their pre-spawn areas. They're getting out in front of their spawning areas. Consequently, you'll have fish that are kind of bunched up, and that's when anglers like to go out and target them with a, a tip-up and a, and a quick-strike rig with a either a big sucker minnow or maybe a, a dead cisco or whatever the case might be. Uh, you can have some of the biggest pike of the year coming out uh, with tip-up anglers, and it's just incredible fishing. People love going out there with a few friends and uh, you know two two tip-ups apiece, and 
they'll spread those tip ups out, and boy, I tell you, it can lead to some incredible pike fishing. It's just they're so darn big, and normally you're going to get some action. Yeah, I've seen some pictures. They've just blown me away, actually. Uh, one last thing, too, I think sometimes people forget. Hey, if you got a snowmobile, trailer it up there because you guys have miles and miles of snowmobile trails, not only around Lake of the Woods, but on Lake of the Woods as well. Yeah, it's funny. You know, we uh, we, we do. We have literally hundreds of miles of groomed and staked snowmobile trails both on and around the lake. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we're really not that cosmopolitan snowmobile area. However, the trails are beautiful. We have two separate clubs, um, you know, that, that, that groom the trails. So they're very active at it every single week. And in some of the most beautiful scenery you'd ever see, you don't have a lot of traffic at all. And, of course, snowmobiling across the lake is, you know, a, a trail that goes from the south end of the lake up to the northwest angle is 42 miles. It's groomed. It's staked. It's beautiful. You know, a lot of people will pull their collapsibles up and fish on some of the reefs that don't get hit uh, you know, real hard uh, up in the northern part of the lake. And, boy, it's just a super opportunity. And I've heard that northwest angle again this year. It just seems to produce time and time again. It's such a consistent fish rip there. You know, we have about a dozen resorts up at the angle. And, you know, uh, those resorts have full-service full fishing. they got the permanents out there. And they got bombardiers. And, you know, it's kind of fun when you stay at a, a resort up there. You drive Either you drive up right to the, the cabin on the angle inlet part, which is the mainland. But otherwise, you know, for some of our resorts that are on islands, there's a big ice road that'll they'll take you right out to the resort. You pull right up to the cabin, and of course, then it's full service fishing. And you know, up at the angle, they have so many reefs and mud and transition areas to fish that you know fishing's pretty darn consistent. It's interesting up at the angle during the ice fishing season. Anyway, they uh, they get a little bit larger percentage of walleyes versus saugers just because of all that structure I think up there. Yeah, it's definitely a destination place for people to go if you haven't had a chance to check it out. That's Joe Henry. He is the Director of Tourism with Lake of the Woods, also a very accomplished angler and and TV personality as well. Joe, I really appreciate the time. i got to make it up there. I'm just hoping this winter has just kind of been crazy for me. I'm hoping to get up there at least once before uh, we get open water season, but if I don't, I'll definitely hit up there here in the next couple of months. So you take it easy. I appreciate you taking the time. Well, Brian, I'll tell you what, sure, sure appreciate your time, and uh, you want know, everybody be safe and good luck fishing. All right, when we come back, one of the things we have to do this weekend is have our permanent houses off the lake. The problem is with the condition the lakes are in, that's going to be tough to do. Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji will drop by. He's been running rental houses for the last 15 years or so, so he's got some tips on how to pull your house off, especially in these trying conditions. We'll chat with him when we come back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3. You're listening to the place for everything outdoors in the Brainerd Lakes and beyond. Brainerd Outdoors Radio, just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5, right here on B93.3. Now here's your host, Brian Moon. Let's head up north for the Up North Report. We bring in Matt Brewer with North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. And uh, Matt, basically dealing with with the same thing we all are, and that is a, a ton of snow ton of slush out on the lakes, Matt, and um, you basically pulled the plug a little early on the guiding season this year, and, and I think you made the right choice because not only were you having to deal with a lot of extra work out there, Matt, there were some safety issues as well. Yeah, we had we had trips booked all the way through like the 17th of March, and, uh, and we had our rentals full all the way through the 13th, and uh, I made the decision uh, a week 
and a half ago or so that um, I was going to run that final that final weekend, which was last weekend, and uh, and after that I was going to close up shop. It it just became like a it, it basically became a safety concern for not only us but uh, but our clients, which are are more important. So um, we ran through the weekend. I guided and flush up to my knees. It was horrendous. And then uh, our rental houses, the people did did all right and had a good time. And then Sunday morning, the winds picked up, like I'm sure they did down there. And we were able to get our renters off. But by the time we got our renters off and got, got geared up, uh, basically couldn't make it back out to the houses. And they are still out there. So um, looking out at Lake Bemidji is kind of crazy right now. There's, there's fish houses stranded everywhere. There are vehicles that are still stuck out on the lake that that never made it off. Um, people had to walk to shore or get snowmobile rides back to shore. Um, it turned into a pretty, pretty bad deal last Sunday with that wind and the lakes are not in good shape. What are we talking for those that maybe are listening, maybe out of state or something, something like this, Matt, um, are we talking like three, four feet of snow and then maybe drifts higher than that? Oh yeah. I mean, put it this way. Um, I can't see out the windows, like the floor level windows in my house anymore. Um, granted, we shoveled snow off the roof, which is another <laughs> is a whole other radio segment about how old people should no longer do that. <laughs> but, uh, um, but I, yeah, I, I literally can't see out the the floor level windows in my home, and uh, out on the lake, I would I would say you know it's like knee to thigh high <clears throat> the snow and that's it and that's in like the bare patches and when you get closer to roads or where houses were things like that you know you're talking snow up to your hips and i'm i'm six two so uh, if that puts it into perspective at all and then the worst part of it is that bottom you know the bottom 14 to 20 inches underneath that snow is flush and then we've still got 26 inches of ice, but uh, getting down to the ice, like, it, it's it's hard to even drill a hole because if you know the mechanics of an auger and you've ever tried to drill a hole with a lot of slush, uh, it creates like a vacuum. And you have to clear all the snow away, and then it's just constantly pumping slush um, to get to get three holes drilled. I mean, you know, I run electric augers, and, and I can get about eight holes right now. Um, per battery that's how that's how bad it is drilling one hole feels like drilling 20 so yeah it's been one of those winners no doubt about that now down here matt this is the final weekend that the uh, the dnr wants everybody to have their permanence off of the lake um you actually got a little bit more of an extension on that up by you and bemidji there but um do you have any advice for people that you know it's going to be this is different than we've seen in many 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 years but you've been pulling you know houses off the lake for many years being a guide um some tips some do's and don'ts for people that are going about it and maybe you know some ideas as to what to do with all this snow sure um like i said the lakes are are borderline dangerous and plow trucks up here anyway um they're not able to even get through anything because once they hit a slush pocket uh, a half ton truck with a with a boss v plow on the front isn't going anywhere um so if you're going to try to plow or try to get a plow person out i suggest having two or three trucks so that you can 
uh, pull the plow truck back out and then reroute yourself if you need to. Don't try to reopen old roads. Um, there's going to be a pile of slush there. Try to, uh, you know, it might seem like the easiest route, but making a new road is a heck of a lot easier than dealing with slush. Um, and you, you still might run into slush pockets. I almost guarantee you're going to run into slush pockets. But, uh, you know, try to try to make your way around them, and, and nobody should be going out there alone right now. It's, it's just too dangerous. Um, and then some other tips. I The DNR probably isn't going to like me very much for this, but... If you can't if you can't get your house off because it's too dangerous or uh, something like that, I suggest calling uh, your local conservation officer and let them know that your house is out there and that it's too dangerous to get out there, and they might give you some leeway. And if they won't, um, I think you're better off actually paying <laughs> paying the daily fine um, and waiting till the conditions are a little bit better to get your house off. There's still plenty of ice underneath the fish houses. Um, but there's a lot of weight up there, um, and once we get some warmer weather, hopefully some of that snow starts to pack down a little bit, and and you can drive around a little easier, and uh, and the the snow won't be so hard because right now it's like concrete, and that's why it's so hard to plow um, that team to a slush. So if you wait a little bit, you might have a better chance. Um, but like you said, a lot of people uh, south of that line they have to be off this weekend and. And uh, I would just make sure you're letting your CEO know ahead of time if you can get your house off. And uh, if you can, uh, make sure you got people with you. That daily fine you're talking about, Matt, off the top of your head, do you know what that is? I don't. Um, luckily, I've never had to pay it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I, I, I'm not sure what it is, and that's a question you could obviously ask the CEO or your local fisheries department but um, or enforcement department. But... Um, and I'm not sure if that actually goes through, uh, the DNR or if it goes through the county. So it might be a county, uh, county deputy question, but, um, but either way, it's only a couple phone calls away to try to find out and, and to let them know. And like I said, I'm sure they're going to have some understanding and they're going to have a lot of phone calls. Um, so hopefully they take some of that into account. It's, a lot of this is not our fault. It's, uh, it's mother nature. Granted, we knew what the forecast had in store, but we didn't know what it would do exactly to uh, to the conditions on the lake. Um, you know, we're, we're fishermen, not scientists. So. Right. And the other thing, too, I'll add to that, Matt, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, tell, to tell anglers, pick up your trash when, you, when you're moving your, your ice house off the lake and stuff. Clean up after yourself because sometimes you see that, and that's not always the case. Yeah. It, like... You know, I, I've got one house out there that I've got flush to the ground and then, or to the ice, and then another one I've got on blocks. And it takes me an extra two minutes to chisel those blocks out and throw them in the back of my truck. Uh, granted, wood is not necessarily the worst thing. It's going to float to shore, and you know, wood is natural, so it's not, not a big deal. But still, it's an eyesore, and it's something I want to get off the lake. Um, and if you got trash bags or whatever, make sure you're loading those up and getting them off the lake with you. And um, if you can get if you can get your truck and a and a big house, you know, a three four thousand pound house off the lake, you can surely get a bag of trash off. Good agree more. Um, as far as fishing goes, Matt, I guess it's hard to get reports right now because it's just so hard to get around. Um, I know we're kind of in the the, the t- prime time for pout season. Uh, anything to report there? 
the people who have been pout fishing are doing very well. Um, I had one trip for pout, and uh, and the people showed up uh, maybe a little bit ill prepared, and uh, you know we had below zero temps, and and travel was near impossible. Um, and to take sleds, we were going to need you know like helmets, goggles, <laughs> some serious gear, and uh, and we ended up kind of punting and uh, and sat right by uh, my rental houses, and and we didn't have any success there, but. Um, but I canceled the rest of my pout trips for the rest of the season just because I can't get to the spots without uh, without taking a couple snowmobiles or some sort of buddy system. And you know I'm not going to charge anglers twice as much um, just to have a, a second guide along just to make sure that we have two sleds. Um, so it's it's just one of those things where it, it, if you can get out to a spot that's not so bad. Um, I've actually heard travel is better down by you than it is up by us. Um, if you can get out to some spots, the powder are going for sure. And my last guide trip I did for tulabees and the tulabees are, they're on fire. Um, they're stacked up in the deep holes and they're getting ready for their, their spawn, which they do very early. So, um, perch fishing is good. Walleye fishing is obviously over and we're looking at, uh, the heart of panfish season, but I wouldn't even I wouldn't even have the slightest clue on what re- reports are like or what fishing is like because I don't I don't even dare take my bear cat on a on a panfish lake, especially some of these backwoods ones where if I get stuck I you know I'm in deep deep trouble. So we need to lose some snow. There's no doubt about that. So we'll see how things go. Now you're heading off to Florida, and so you're gonna spend a little time down there. Well deserved vacation for you. You're gonna do some uh, fishing and maybe a little hunting while you're down there. Yeah, the the plan is to leave and never come back. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I will be down there for a long stretch, though. I'm going to be down there for like uh, 10 to 13 days. Um, we have a trip booked. Um going to do some tarpon or shark fishing. Um, we might try some different stuff. The kids are going to be along uh, on this fishing trip, so we might uh, might do some snook or some cobia or something a little different. Um you know, something inshore that's a little easier. Um, maybe Goliath grouper and see if we can't get a fish to pull one of the kids into the, into the ocean, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, going to do that. And then I'm going to do some hog hunting and some turkey hunting. Um, I, I fully intend to, to get a lot of outdoor adventures out of the way and then take the kids on some of the fun stuff. We're going to go see the Kennedy space center. Kids haven't seen that yet. And we're going to do that. And, eat some really good seafood and play on the beaches and just take in the sun. Um, I'm already there mentally. So, Well, it's well-deserved after the winter you've had to deal with guiding and stuff. Uh, you've, you've had a very challenging winter, Matt. So uh, have a lot of fun. I'm sure you're going to have a lot of stories for us when you get back and uh, safe travels and have fun down there. Yeah, I will definitely do that, and we'll talk to you when we get back. Sounds good. It's Matt Brewer, North Country Guide Service in Bemidji. You can check him out at northcountryguides.com as well as all over social media. Matt, I appreciate it, and uh, we will chat soon, buddy, okay? Sounds good. More of Brainerd Outdoors after this on B93.3. Welcome back to Brainerd Outdoors on B93.3, and time for our Hungry Hunter segment here on the show. We bring in Chef Joel with Black Bear Lodge and Saloon. And, Joel, this week, uh, I know I'm going to like this because anything that's got the word Italian attached to it and food, I'm all over it. Italian venison roast this week. Yeah, we're going kind of easy this week. You know, a nice, uh, basically set it and forget it. 
That's kind of what we're going for. I love recipes like this. <laughs> so we're going to take our venison roast. We're going to pull that out of the freezer. We're going to season it up. We're going to rub it down real nice. We're just going to let that sit on the counter, bring it up to a room temperature. While we're doing that, we can combine some red wine, some water, a balsamic vinegar, and brown sugar. We're going to mix that up. Make sure your brown sugar kind of dissolves into all your liquid. So then we can pour that in over our top of our roast in our crock pot, add in a little bit of Worcestershire, and we're using a bunch of fresh herbs. So we'll go fresh basil, fresh thyme, fresh oregano. Chop all those up as much as you want to and dump those over your roast as well. Add in a little fresh garlic and salt and pepper. Basically put the lid on it, let it sit for uh, you know a good couple hours. Man, that sounds fantastic. And something like this, uh, mashed potatoes would go good with it? Mashed potatoes are great. You, know, you could even throw in some potatoes in with it in a crock pot while you're going. You know, Throw in some carrots, onions, do the whole the whole deal. And I know we're, you know it's going to be a while before we're talking deer season, but this is a recipe to take to deer camp. That's dang right. Yeah. I mean, it's something, like you said, set it and forget it. Go hunt, come back and eat. Come back and eat. <laughs> Good so, to go. Well, if you want to check it out for yourself, uh, head to our website. The recipe's there for you at BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Click on the recipes tab. You got this recipe and a bunch of other ones there for you to check out that Joel shared with us. Italian venison roast. Our Hungry Hunter segment for this week. Chef Joel, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, 371 North and Baxter. Thanks, Joel. Thank you, Brian. And that will wrap up this week's show. Don't forget, you can catch Brainerd Outdoors just after 7, Saturday mornings, Sunday evenings at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 right here on B93.3. Don't forget, you can stream the live show if you're away from your radio or out of town at BrainerdOutdoorsRadio.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. You can also find the show on demand there. And, of course, we're all over the podcast network, whether it be iTunes, Podcast One, wherever you download podcasts. Search Brainerd Outdoors, download, subscribe, rate, and review. We would appreciate that as well. We'll see you next weekend for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors. I'm Brian Moon. Brainerd Outdoors has been brought to you by Vermal Shoe Store, Randall, Newman Construction, Thielen Meats, and Little Falls, SCR Northern, the guys who answer the phone, Northern Sales and Manufacturing, your Ice Castle dealer in Pine River, Dotsler Power Equipment of Aiken, Tracker Boating Center of Brainerd, Oars and Mine and Crosby, Bimert Outdoors Archery Pro Shops, The Power Lodge, S&W Bait and Tackle, Crow Wing Recycling, Black Bear Lodge and Saloon, and by Radco, your truck accessory pros. Join Brian Moon just after 7 Saturday mornings, Sunday evening at 7, and Monday mornings at 5 for another edition of Brainerd Outdoors right here on B93.3.